0: girlfriends episode number 57 practicing generosity and marriage hello and welcome to girlfriends i'm danielle bean i'm a wife and a mom and i'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace balance and joy in family living This week, we're talking about instant pots versus Crock Pots, desperation for sunshine, women's retreats, and the painful art of practicing generosity inside of marriage. Come on, let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Girlfriends. I'm glad you're here for another week. I'm so glad every time you join me here and happy to share this time with you week after week. I'm recording this on Monday. I don't always record on Mondays, but so that makes this a very timely episode, just totally full weekend of here and there and everywhere and basketball and recovering from what I think was a sinus infection but I never took any antibiotics but I think I'm actually feeling pretty well thanks to saline rinses and getting some extra rest. So back at it this week and glad to be here. How's your week going? I heard from a lot of you. Let's start with the crock pots and instant pots because, wow, people love their instant pots. I asked for feedback about instant pots last week and you haven't done anything to make me want one less. So I'm going to continue to um, make my family crazy until uh, Dan says, just buy the thing already. You know what? And this is funny. I don't know how it works in your marriage, but... In our marriage, we always ask each other permission, sort of. You know, at least check in with each other if we're going to make a purchase. I don't know. There's not a dollar amount on it, but a significant purchase of any kind. Uh, sometimes I'll just go ahead and buy something and kind of let him know afterwards, like, "Hey, um, thanks for this that you got me," or whatever it is. Um, but with with us, I know if I just asked him, like, "Hey, is it okay with you if I just go ahead and buy this instant pot?" He would say yes. And he would say, it's totally fine. Um, But for some reason, I don't want to do that. (laughs) So I think maybe I'm just being frugal. And I keep reminding myself of all the things that I have and how my kitchen is very functional and modern. And maybe I'm just being a spoiled brat. So, uh, so far, I'm not going to get the Instant Pot. But the feedback I got from you guys that was very interesting was I heard from people who use it to make yogurt. I love that idea. Many years back, I want to say at least 12 years ago, I had a bunch of little kids and I used to make yogurt on a regular basis. I had a yogurt maker, um, Honestly, I could not tell you what happened to it. I think I just stopped using it. And then one of the times when I was cleaning up in the pantry was like, get rid of this thing. Uh, But I loved making my own yogurt. And you know what? I do know, um, because I've done the research that you don't need a separate yogurt maker or an instant pot or anything fancy like that to make your own yogurt. I know you can make it kind of piecing together stuff in your kitchen using glass jars, using a pot on the stove. I've seen people incubate it like in their oven with the pilot light on or in a cooler, like insulated with towels and warm water. And all of that I know is such a bother that I won't ever make yogurt that way. But I really like the idea of making yogurt, first of all, because you can control what's in it. My kids eat a lot of yogurt. And a lot of the stuff that you buy in the store just has all these additives, coloring, flavorings, sprinkles, even you can put sprinkles in your yogurt. It's terrible. Uh, But my kids They love that stuff, of course. Um, But if I was making my own yogurt, that would kind of eliminate that and I could determine how much sugar was in it. We could make what flavors the kids like and all that. Um, The other thing is the reusable containers. I really love the idea of stuff that we're using all the time. I mean, I totally get disposable containers in the convenience and I use them as much as anybody. But for the stuff that we're always buying and always using, I don't like filling my trash can with the same stuff all the time, you know, the same wrappings and, um, you know, whether it's plastic bags or Ziploc bags or, you know, containers of yogurt, cereal boxes, those kinds of things. We are professionals at producing trash here at this house. (laughs) I say this as my husband's home today and he's making a trip to the dump. We live way out in the country, so we don't have trash pickup service here. That would be a dream come true. I've even looked into having it done and it's actually pretty inexpensive. But still, I've never been willing to kind of take that hit and sign up for the trash pickup service. Um, So we're doing a trip to the dump today, and we've put it off for a while. And Dan has his car running right next to me. Of course, I'm recording in the car because the house is too noisy. Um, And it's full of trash making that all-important dump trip. Anyway, like I said, we're pros at producing trash here in this household. I don't know how it is with you guys, but I'm always looking for ways to reduce it. Um, You know, to be fair about what we're doing to our environment, I know we can just throw it in the landfill and never think about it again. We won't see it. But you know, our actions do have consequences. And I am very aware of the privilege that we have in living the way that we do when people in other parts of the world do not have that privilege and often suffer the environmental even consequences of the decisions we make here in first world countries. So I try to be aware of that. I also try to be aware of that I'm just going off on a tangent here, but I want to mention this um, about wasting food. Oh my gosh. I almost wanted to do a whole episode about wasting food and how to avoid wasting food because it's amazing if you're not careful and conscious and intentional about it, how much food a modern family can waste, how much food little kids can waste even us you know just letting things go bad not using leftovers not you know making people do the less popular thing by you know eating what's left in the fridge before you make another meal that kind of thing um I, I don't know it really it really bothers me to waste food I and my kids know this because <laughs> I will force them to eat stuff just because I don't want to be scraping stuff into the garbage that's perfectly good and you know when people in this world don't have enough to eat I think that's insane um so anyway talking about filling our landfills and filling our families' bellies um t- crock pots versus instant pots I still do want that instant pot um I know you can use it as a crock pot. Funny thing. crock pot. I don't have a crock pot. I'm I'm actually slow cooking something right now in my oven. I put it in earlier today, um, a pork roast and some potatoes and carrots. Um, But I don't have a crock pot anymore. I had one years ago. True story. I had a crock pot, a really big crock pot, a nice one that I abused. I just, uh, I abused this crock pot. I used it way too much. I got one of those books. I think it was like fix it and forget it or, you know, one along those lines. And I made everything in the crockpot. And my husband got sick of it. And okay, this is going to sound terrible. It really isn't as terrible as it sounds. But he uh brought it to the dump. <laughs> Speaking of dump trips, he brought my crockpot to the dump. He didn't tell me until the next time I was looking for it. Because I abused it. Honestly, I did. He even let me know. Like, you know this. I mean, I love things from the crockpot. I love stews. And I, I love slow cooked meats and that sort of thing. But there is a similar consistency to everything that comes out of a crock pot. And it's great, but you can very much get tired of that. You know, I was making like pasta in there and that pasta is not a good thing in the crock pot. You know, it's just not, that's not something you want to be doing in there. And chicken parmesan, that was the worst. (laughs) I remember making chicken parm in there. Absolutely gross. And uh, anyway, so I didn't have a crock pot for years, but then I discovered that my oven has a slow cook feature on it which really is I mean it's probably just keeping it at like 200 degrees or something I don't know but you know it's a separate setting on the stove and I have some you know nice pots that I can just use to slow cook stuff in there and that's what I started doing and not abusing the slow cook privilege so Dan doesn't mind <laughs> and uh you know so that that works out and if you have crock pot recipes I'd love for you to share those because those are some of my favorites to do on a busy day and I'm thinking the instant pot could work the same way if and when I ever do get that instant pot I also want to talk a bit before we get to today's topic about sunshine it actually could be related to today's topic um because sunshine affects our moods and affects how we are in our relationships. Um, talking about practicing generosity in marriage. But have you been getting outdoors? I want to encourage you to get outdoors. It makes such a huge difference. You know, if you have a dog, that's a perfect excuse to get outside every day and take that dog for a walk. If you have kids, perfect excuse. Get outside with your kids. Walk. Just, just go walk and get a little sunshine, even if it's for, for five minutes, to get that fresh air in your lungs get a little bit of that vitamin d from whatever sunshine is available in your corner of the world not a ton here in new hampshire but just getting outside is so vital to your feeling of well-being this time of year and i'm reminded of it we got up we got out quite a bit this weekend and it felt great and it was just like a little reminder to me like "Mm, maybe i've been cooped up too much maybe i've been avoiding the cold you know it's such a perfect excuse to not get out there the fact that it's cold outside but honestly we need to we need to force ourselves out there because it's better for us in the long run. It really does affect our mood whether or not we're getting outdoors. Speaking of getting outdoors, um, I'm sorry if you hear the noise that's outside my car right now. Um, Our propane is being delivered and there's a giant truck that backed up almost straight into my car in order to do so. I'm glad they're here because we were almost out of propane. Um, We had a surprise this morning when we checked the tanks and we were way down um, speaking of which, we also had a surprise when we called in and found out that we had never made the last payment when we received our last delivery. So now we owe these people $1,000. Ouch. You know, kind of tough to just all of a sudden pay $1,000. Um, and that made me think that might be an idea for a future podcast topic that um, I'd love to get some of your feedback ahead of time. Who does the bills in your house? How do you split that up? And how do you keep it organized? Because Dan and I are pretty... I mean, and we... As much as possible, we automate things and that works pretty well, but we can't do automatic payments, I don't think, with our propane. Um, So sometimes something slips through the cracks and every time I'm reminded, we really need a better system. (laughs) It used to be all me. Um early on in our marriage. And then I got overwhelmed with, with little kids and, you know, just, you know, being an at-home mom. And I was overwhelmed by the bills. It's not something I naturally love to do. I don't like to budget or anything like that. So Dan very generously took it over. And then over time, we kind of just sort of split up who's responsible for what. The propane is one of those in-between ones, though. <laughs> so I'm thinking we might need some clarity on that so we don't um, run out in the future. But, um, you know, let me know what you think about that idea for a topic for an upcoming podcast. Speaking of upcoming, this coming weekend I'm excited because I'm going to be uh, presenting my You're Worth It retreat to some ladies in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. I am thrilled I have never been to Nebraska, so it's exciting to be going. I'm flying into Denver. been there a lot, but um, I'm going to Scott's Bluff, which I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled and excited about meeting the ladies there. The women that I've been working with have been terrific. So I just know it's going to be a very positive event. I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about the feedback that I've gotten from a lot of you regarding um, my You're Worth It retreat. And those of you who want some more information about possibly bringing the retreat to your community, you can go to daniellebean.com forward slash retreat. Retreat, and you can get more information there. There's a form you can fill out to, um, you know, get an email with all the details that you might need. I've been loving hearing from women all over the country, and it's really become something that I've become more aware of is the fact that there's this real need among women all over the place, and people from all walks of life, for something like a day retreat, which is what I've organized here, what i put together. For sure, we all need the times when we can get away for a couple of days, maybe, that would be lovely and wonderful. But most of us, you know, we're not able to do that, or we hesitate to do that right now, make that kind of commitment. But we can commit for, you know, a morning, for an afternoon, for a Saturday, for an evening, or however it works out. And I've loved hearing from women who are eager to do that. And I'm loving work With women who are bringing this retreat to their communities to meet that need among the women in their parish and their diocese. Some women are even just doing it out of their homes. I mean, it's very possible to do that. So, if you want more information, I'd love to be able to work with you. I'd love to share with you some more information. Also, I'm offering for anybody who's interested in checking out the retreat, a free copy of my book, You Are Worth It, because the retreat is based on themes inside of the book. So I'd love to give you a free copy of the book so you can check it out and see if it might be a good fit for you, for the women of your parish and your community. Again, go to daniellebean.com forward slash retreat and you can find out all about it. One last thing before we get to this week's topic of practicing generosity in your marriage. I want to check in with you about your goals. Remember, way back a few episodes ago in January, uh, we were talking about doable goals for 2017 as opposed to those high and lofty and going to quit them kinds of resolutions we sometimes make. Did you make some? Did you set some goals in the in the various categories in your spiritual life, in your personal life, in your professional life, um, or in your relationships? Did you set some goals and how is it going? I just want to check in with you. I want to invite you to give me your feedback. For me, um, my goal, I know I mentioned that I wanted to be doing more regular family dinner time. I'm making tiny steps in that direction. I was really discouraged the other night. Here I am. This is me keeping it real. I put together a dinner. I don't even remember what it was, but it was a decent dinner. I had put some effort into it, and um, enough people were home, and I felt encouraged, like, okay, I'm just going to, even though some people were going to be taking off soon, I was like, I'm going to time this right so everybody can sit down at the same time and have dinner. So that's what we did, and it was non-stop arguing, fighting among the kids, not I don't think it got physical, but just nonstop. You know how they sometimes get on each other and it's like this one says this and this one says that, and they just can't stop the back and forth. And it drives me crazy. And then uh, my husband was distracted by something going on with his work. And so he was like on and off his phone. And then my daughter makes a snippy remark about no phones allowed at the table, and he didn't take that very well. And then I'm just like sitting there watching this from my place, like, why? Why did I set this goal? (laughs) Why did I want to put effort into doing this? Because this isn't fun and I'm not feeling great about this. But I just need to um, remind myself more often that sometimes it goes that way. That's just life. But more often than not, it actually works out very nicely. And I'm glad for the kinds of conversations we have. Not that it's all hearts and roses. Not that it's all perfect or whatever you know but you know being realistic about it and not letting those kinds of discouragements get in the way so yeah i told you i have a pork roast that's in the oven tonight and i'm going to be planning to have everybody sit down to eat that together tonight I'm going to try to time it around everyone's schedule so that everybody can be at the table at the same time say a prayer for me that it will go swimmingly <laughs> because I'm not counting on it um, the other goal I was talking to you about with me personally with my um, health was to drink more water And I've been pretty good about that. Um, One thing I've been doing is drinking a lot more seltzer, which has no sugar, no sodium, just a little bit of flavor in it. And I really like it. It actually, I don't know, I guess I've totally faked myself out or something but to me it's it's as pleasant as drinking a soda to have a flavored seltzer water it doesn't you know it's not sweet or anything but um anyway i really like drinking seltzer but i'm not gonna drink seltzer all day long um i also have an awesome new water bottle that my good friend tiffany gave me this christmas and i love it it's like gold champagne colored stainless steel which my daughter tells me is so cool and all the rage and everyone at college is carrying around these stainless steel water bottles and okay so I feel totally cool and I've been um, keeping that filled and bringing it with me when I'm going to be out for a while and doing pretty well doing pretty well with that so better on that than on the family dinner thing but I'll keep you posted and let me know how you're doing too let me know what what goals you've set what doable goals you have set for yourself however low a bar however small a step you're starting with, I want to hear about it. I'd love to share your experiences here on a future episode of Girlfriends. Okay, so moving on to today's topic, I was going to talk about something completely different um, other than generosity inside of marriage, uh, except, you know, some things happened this morning that kind of brought this to the forefront of my mind. And I thought this is important. This is something that I really do want to share about. And, um, let me just put this caveat out there because I can't ever talk about this topic because I have in the past and it's come back to bite me, um, talking about being generous in your marriage. Um, you know, I am not talking about being generous in your marriage in any kind of an abusive situation. Okay. If you are in a situation that qualifies as abusive, if you feel that you are being abused and neglected in, um, A a really unfair, unhealthy way in your marriage. Get help for that. I want to. I want to really encourage you to reach out to whoever it is—a friend, a sister, your mom, a pastor, uh, you know, a healthcare worker—just to to address your situation. I want to encourage you to do that. Nobody should put up with any kind of physical or emotional abuse inside of their marriage. And I'm saying this because I once had a friend who came to me for advice about being more generous in her marriage, and I didn't know the details of what was going on in her marriage, and I, you know gave her this thorough advice and this pep talk about get giving more of herself and being more generous and you know a couple of years later to come to find out that she was in an abusive situation and I never should have been telling her that of course there's no way I could have known but that experience has stayed with me that not everybody needs to hear the same message and if you are in um what you think may be an abusive situation, you need to address that and don't even listen to this podcast, okay? It doesn't apply to you. But for those of us inside of normal, quote unquote, normal marriages, there is no normal marriage, trust me. (laughs) And mine certainly doesn't qualify either. Um, But for the rest of us, that's who, who I'm talking to here. If you're, you know, too reasonably healthy happy people trying to work it out and messing it up royally along the way just like we all do that's what i want to talk about here today that kind of encouragement to be generous inside of your marriage so first thing i want to say is this is so 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 hard i just want to say how hard it is for me personally and i i know it has to be for other people too This idea of being generous inside of your marriage relationship, I think because it's a primary relationship for us. And, you know, so many times I think, you know, this is the way that the church teaches us inside of this vocation to marriage. It's not a vocation to your kids. It's to your husband. And it's inside of that vocation that we're meant to find our path to holiness. We're meant to find our way to heaven and get our spouse to heaven too inside of this relationship. Well, you know what? (laughs) When we were younger and saying those vows and stuff, I think that should have been a big red flag for me. Like, Hey, this is going to be incredibly hard. And yet, you know, you go in all starry-eyed and naive, and that's probably be it, probably best. You know, I see my daughter in a relationship, um, a serious relationship now with her boyfriend and it's, you know, it's as it should be, you, you know, it just just being focused on the positive and just crazy about each other. And, um, you know, how, how the, the early love is supposed to be in early relationships. And um so yeah, I probably didn't need that smack in the face early on in this vocation to marriage. But I have been smacked in the face multiple times inside of my very happy, healthy marriage. I mean, I, I just need to say that, you know, Happy, healthy marriages are incredibly hard, are incredibly difficult, go through incredibly tough times, times when if I were the type of person that ever would think that, I would think about divorce. I would use that word. So I totally understand why our secular society is a divorced society, because it's so hard and it seems like the easiest thing to do, the best thing to do is to walk away and give up sometimes. And that's what I want to talk about. Getting through those times, because we all have them, and you may not be in that stage in your marriage right now, um but you will be, and you probably have been in the past um so you know what would hit me in the face this morning was we had a situation i 'm not going to share too many details because dan's not here to defend himself, and just trust me, he was totally wrong, okay <laughs> no, no, probably not fair, anyway, we had a disagreement this morning, and he was what I thought was unfair to me and rude to me. And in the moment, not, you know, it, you know, this happened in a conversation and then we we were apart from each other for a while. And as I was thinking it through in my head, my thought, because I was angry, because I was frustrated, was, screw it, forget him. Like, that was my response. Like, I have a million things to do anyway. I'm just going to focus on my day, was my my first inclination. And that's what I was planning to do because, you know, forget it. Who needs that? Who needs that kind of frustration? Who needs somebody who's being rude and unfair, you know, just completely unfair in, in, you know, what was my perspective? And um, I embraced that in the beginning. And then not a minute went by, and I'm sure it was my guardian angel or or some saint in heaven that I prayed to a long time ago or something that just nudged me and was like, is that, is that the attitude you're supposed to have towards your marriage? Screw it forget him like and then I was reminded of times in my marriage where I felt like Dan's attitude toward me was dismissive like that and how much that hurt and how much um, I talked to him about it and thought uh, and you know explained to him at the time that's that's the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing in marriage although you know I totally get the temptation to do it That's the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing, dismissing one another like that and, you know, just walking away from it, even if it's just a temporary thing. Um, So in that moment, I did the better thing and I did go to Dan and we did resolve what was going on. And this is not to say that I didn't say to him, hey, I think that was rude. Hey, I think that was unfair. But... Not in a way that's attacking him. And I only said those things after going to him and making sure that we reconnected in a, a healthy way, in a loving way. And, you know, so many times, especially inside of marriage, these things are so dumb it's about the dumbest thing. You know, (laughs) I told you, I'm not going to share details from this morning, but it's dumb. Okay. It's just stupid. But then, you know, somebody says something and you take it the wrong way. And these people that we live with, and we love more than anything, we have the most potential to hurt. And we have the most potential to be hurt by, because we're living so closely, because we're rubbing up against each other all the time, because we're always right there. We're kind of stepping on each other's toes more often than we do with people that we have an acquaintance kind of relationship with. You know, I have in the past thought in, you know, tough times in my marriage, like think about, you know, people and friends that I have, you know, less important relationships with, less intense relationships with. and like, I get along with that person great. I've never once gotten in a fight with, you know, person X, Y, or Z. What the heck? Why can't I get along with this person that I promise to love and commit myself to forever? And, of course, the answer is because that relationship is so important and it's so primary and you're right there in each other's faces all the time and it matters a lot and it hurts a ton more. The slightest little slight inside of an acquaintance relationship, you can just brush off, but not so when it's a person who's the most important person in the world to you, the person that you've you've committed to be with forever. You know, So it's so important to keep that in mind and to not be dismissive of one another in side of our relationships is it super hard yes it is but in this morning's incident once I did make that commitment to do the generous thing and you know I'm saying this like I'm some kind of saying oh I did the generous thing you know Dan responded to me generously as well and it's not I mean from the outside it's ridiculous and stupid it's not some heroic moment but on the inside it really feels that way inside of those moments. I know you know what I'm talking about. Um, To give you another example, I've shared with you in the past um, that Dan and I have learned to be super careful, for the most part, when I've been away, when I've been gone on a trip, and I travel more for work now than I ever have um, previously in our marriage. And, you know, we've kind of gotten better at it. There have been times where... um, we realized it was a pattern where every time I got back from a trip, we'd get into a huge fight and it was because we had mismatched expectations of one another or, you know, I was tired and he was tired from holding down things at home and I was exhausted from work and travel and we had expectations for really enjoying seeing one another again and it would just, just blow up in our faces. So recognizing that, um, and then kind of preparing ourselves for that has been really helpful. But one time, not too long ago, I forgot, (laughs) I messed this up. I don't even remember where I had been, but I had been away. And it was late when I got back. And most of the kids were already in bed or upstairs doing homework or whatnot. So it was just Dan who was downstairs. Um, And oh, there were a couple of little boys who were like watching a television show with him. And I need to learn to not do this. I don't know how to stop myself from doing this. If you have tips for me, please email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Give me this life advice. But when I come back from being out, I look through the house and I see everything that's wrong. Like that's my first thing that I do. And even if I try not to let it bother me, it really, really bothers me. Like there was one time, this is a couple of years ago, Dan and I got in this huge fight when I got back from a trip because. I noticed the garbage hadn't been taken out for I don't know how many days there were like five bags sitting by the door like um how hard is this you know I think I said something snippy like that and it just turned into a bad scene and you know something similar happened with this recent incident where I went into the bathroom where we have our laundry and the laundry was just a complete wreck like you know there were multiple people doing laundry there were baskets and whatever everywhere and um i just wanted to like you know move some of it along and again note to myself and i don't know if i'm going to listen to myself so maybe you need to call or email or if you know me in real life come hit me in the head to remind me don't start doing stuff the minute you walk in the door because even if you notice the stuff that needs to be done you're going to feel put upon like i just barely got home and here i am having to do all the housework i have to do the laundry and like anyway I was I was full on in that mode and I was trying to fix this laundry mess that I ran into in the bathroom and in the process of that you know moving stuff from the washer to the dryer the dryer the stuff in the dryer needs to get put into a basket and the stuff in the dryer belonged to a certain basket I told you I've shared with you about my laundry system well the basket that the stuff in the dryer went into was nowhere to be found and I I just went into freak out mode. I I, I'll confess this because I'm hoping you have sometimes also gone into freak out mode, but in this particular incident, I did. I was furiously angry about the fact that I couldn't even do this stupid laundry thing and fix this mess that I shouldn't have had to come home to in the first place anyway. And because I couldn't find the stupid basket. And then I I was in this full on freak out mode and walk out of the bathroom. And then I see the basket and (laughs) this is bad. Um, I see that it's full of stuff from a cabinet that um, I guess Dan had been clearing out earlier that day and he had just grabbed the basket to have, you know, to put the stuff in. I think he was looking for um, some documents or something. So he had just grabbed a basket to put the stuff in from the cabinet and... There it is, and I'm in this freak-out mode, and, um, you know, I actually wish I could remember what a jerk I was, and what horrible things I said, <laughs> because you probably would get a kick out of it, and probably would feel a little better about yourself, <laughs> but my terribleness, just trust me, I can't remember, I probably blocked it out on purpose, because I'm so ashamed and stupid, but I was in full-on on, full freak-out mode, and I let Dan have it, about his stealing my basket, and I'm trying to, and honestly... I wasn't even in the door five minutes, probably, like, I probably still had my coat on, like, so stupid. Okay, so there's that incident. And he handled it very well. He did, he could have let me have it right back. Because look at all the dozens of other things that he did, like the kitchen was clean, and the kids were all ready for school, and you know, whatever. And he didn't. Um, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he he let me know that he didn't think I was being fair. And he just, you know, walked out of the room and went back to whatever television program he was watching with uh, the two youngest boys. Okay, so that left me there like, oh, feeling a little crappy about my own behavior, feeling exhausted, feeling completely spent, and just feeling like such a jerk, you know? And I think we all have those moments in our marriage. I think we all have those moments where we're so angry, like I felt this morning, and we so that there's that temptation to be, forget it, forget him, screw it, you know, and even temporarily move on with our lives. And I think that's really dangerous because that's a poisonous thing to practice inside of your marriage when we're called to be practicing generosity. And what does that mean? That means doing the hard thing. That means... Being the first person to say sorry, even if it feels like you're always the first person to say sorry. And that means saying you're sorry when you're a big fat jerk about the whole laundry situation. So I got myself together and, you know, fixed the laundry situation. And then I went into the room where Dan was watching TV with the two youngest boys. And I thought, gosh, oh, geez. Then I sat there next to him and he wasn't. You know, acting angry toward me or anything, but uh, just sat there in that room and I was sitting there looking at the little boys and thinking, what a terrible example I just set for them. I need to now fix this by setting the example of showing them me apologizing for my bad behavior, me owning my bad behavior and saying I'm sorry in a humble way. But do you know, I couldn't do it. <laughs> This is so bad. I mean, I am telling you the truth here about the struggle, and the struggle is real. Sometimes I, I can be so proud inside of our relationship sometimes that it's really poisonous. That it's the opposite of practicing generosity, choosing ourself and choosing ourself over you know, setting that good example for my kids, setting that good example for myself, repairing the damage I had just caused to my own marriage. And I sat there for a good long time. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this. If you're a prideful person, as I can be, um, maybe you've felt it before, like almost physically feeling like you can't say the words of an apology, like choking on the words. I've seen it in my own kids, and I don't doubt where it comes from when I do see it. But it's so hard sometimes to apologize. It's hard when we're tired, we're exhausted, we're wounded, things aren't fair all the time. And yet even in this situation I struggled with it. And I did. I am I'm only sharing this story because I did in the end, although it was a mighty struggle, I did bring myself to make that apology to Dan and set that example for my boys. But it, It took me so long, and it was so hard for me to do, and he received it graciously, and it was good, and all was well, but, you know, I've reflected on it. I reflected on it a lot in that moment and in that um, same day, and I've reflected on it a lot since then. The fact that that required generosity on my part, it required humility on my part, it required honesty on my part, and those are such hard things to do. And you know what, I think, really, when we're getting real, when we're talking about marriage, especially, you know, Christian women to other Christian women, I think it's important to keep it real. I think it's important to share our less than awesome stories about our marriages, of course, not in, you know, unsupportive places. And of course, not in a husband bashing kind of way. But it's important to know that you're not alone in these kinds of struggles. And Equally, it's important that we call one another to be our better selves. You know, I remember one time when I was in a struggle with Dan and I felt like we both needed to apologize. These is the worst. When you think you both should apologize and yet, you know what, you're only responsible for you. You need to apologize for you. I sometimes forget that because I think it needs to be like tit for tat and okay, I'm going to apologize, but then you have to apologize. And then I can get this is terrible. I can get so petty that I'll keep track or you know, not keeping it written record or anything, but I think I'm mentally keeping track of I'm always the first person to apologize. You know, we both made mistakes in that conversation. We both weren't quite fair to one another. We we both should have been kinder or whatever it is. And yet I I just I I feel like I'm I shouldn't have to be the first one to apologize all the time. So it was in one of those moments one time that um I texted my friend Rachel Balducci, maybe you know her. She and I go way back in the blogging years and um I you know, I think she's great and I love her a lot and um I texted her in the middle of one of those difficult situations like Is it really so bad for me to notice and care about the fact that I am always the first person to apologize? You know, like this was in a moment where I was like needing to apologize and just hadn't done it because I felt like I didn't want to have to go first. I didn't think I should have to go first. And Rachel texted me back. I can't remember her exact words, but she was like, Oh, yeah, sure. But up there with your pride on that hill is a lonely place to die or, you know, something like that. Like, (laughs) Oh, and I think this is such an important thing that we girlfriends can be to one another is that kind of support, the kind of support that tells one another, you're not alone in your struggles, because you're not, the struggles are real. And yeah, everybody has these stupid arguments, maybe not about the same stupid things, but we have the same stupid arguments. We are, you know, weak in some of the same ways, being snippy with one another, being sarcastic, being angry, being petty, keeping track of you know, stupid petty things and um, just that real kind of miserly way that we are in our relationships sometimes when we're really called to be generous. So I think it's important to remind ourselves we're not alone in that. But then like Rachel did for me in that text, I think good girlfriends remind us that, hey, you know what, you're actually being stupid right now. Hey, you know what? You're called to do better than that you're you're really I know it's hard, but you're you're called to do better. You're called to be better. And I think we all need that reminder, especially inside of our marriage, because, like I said at the beginning of this, it's our primary relationship. It's our primary vocation. If you are married, that's your primary vocation. None of the rest of it matters. If you screw that up. None of the rest of it matters. And I'm not saying this to people who have messed up married situations. I'm not saying that nothing matters after that. But what I'm saying is if you are in a marriage right now, that that relationship is a primary focus for you. It needs to be. That's your means of attaining holiness. That's your means of growing in holiness, growing closer to God, is through that Person through that flawed person, through your own flawed interactions with that person. And I want to encourage you to be more generous. I want to be that voice in your head. The next time you have a stupid situation like I had this morning, I want you to remember that call to generosity. And I want you to remember that I know it's hard. I know it's hard because. I still can't do it perfectly all the time. I still sometimes choose the easy, stupid, selfish way. And I want to call all of us to do better than that because our marriages deserve it. Because we're called to be better than that. We're called to be greater than that. God wants great things for us. And he calls us to greatness inside of our marriage. Sometimes I think um, we compartmentalize and we think, okay, when I go to church and when I'm praying, I am this person and that's my relationship with God. When I'm here and I'm interacting with my husband, that's my marriage. That's that relationship with my husband. But it doesn't work that way. Our relationship with God is dependent upon our relationship with our husbands, is dependent upon how we think and act and, you know, motivate ourselves inside of our marital relationship, inside of that vocation. Our call to holiness is not outside of our vocation. It's right there in it. And I think, Rather than looking for a way to escape it, rather than looking for an easy way out, or rather than just keeping silent when we know the generous thing calls us to say something hard, that we need to choose the hard thing. We need to choose to be generous, and it's an active choice. It absolutely is, and sometimes it's easy, and marriage is fun, and it's the best relationship, and you get so much out of it, but then sometimes it's just Not. And that's when it needs to be a choice. And that's when you need to be countercultural in a life-changing, life-altering way. Countercultural in choosing your marriage, in choosing to say yes, in choosing to be generous inside of your relationship with your husband. I want to call you to do that. I want to remind you to do that. And I'm reminding myself right along with you because I, you know, I've shared with you a few different incidents, but I could talk all day about all the stupid things I have done and said and neglected to say inside of my marriage, just out of my own petty selfishness, pride, stupidness, whatever. We all struggle with these things We're, you know, we're all weak human beings and it's important to recognize that weakness, but then equally important to recognize that we're called to be greater than that. Okay, perhaps I've talked enough about this. I want to invite you to give me your feedback. You can tell me your dirty laundry, but you don't have to. Um, but, you know, tell me about how you keep yourself mindful of that call to generosity in marriage. What kinds of things help you to do that on a daily basis? I would love to share that feedback on a future episode. You can. Email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can find me on all social media. Danielle Bean is my name on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me there. Um, Or you can send me a Voxer. You can connect that way through the show notes at daniellebean.com. Or send me a voicemail. You can go to daniellebean.com. Click that tab to leave voice feedback. Or just make a recording on your phone and then email it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love to hear from you and I would love to share your feedback in a future episode. Okay. And speaking of feedback, I heard from Jennifer by email this week. And um, Jennifer says, I just wanted to thank you for your positive, uplifting, down to earth podcast. You are so refreshing. I'm a relatively new listener. I started listening to you after reading Momnipotent and taking the Momnipotent study group at my parish this past fall. I love listening to you while my baby is napping and my older three kids are at school. I find it is so much more enjoyable to turn to one of your podcasts while getting things done around the house rather than turn on the TV. I just listened to your talk from January 30th. I completely agree with you about turning off Facebook. Lately, Facebook has had me on an emotional roller coaster. I get so upset and discouraged by some of the horrible things people are posting. It has not been good for my emotional health. I decided that to stay in touch with society. I would instead listen to Teresa Tomio's morning newscast when possible. This keeps me in a small bubble, but still somewhat checked in with what's going on in this crazy world. Thanks for the positive encouragement you offer us moms. Keep up the great work from Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. I really appreciate that. And yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the social media because I meant to update you all about that. Um, I did take Twitter and Facebook off of my phone and... Law, it is so freeing. <laughs> I feel good. I don't need it. They don't need me. you know. um I can use a separate app for um posting stuff for you know my own work and promotional stuff, and I just don't need to be there and see all of the anger and anxiety and yeah, I mean, I'm keeping up with the news um you know on a regular basis. I'll check in with Google News and um there are a few different sources that I like to use for that. I just don't need all the, you know, interactions that used to be pleasant. Like, I really loved Twitter. I loved following a lot of people on Twitter um, because of, you know, faith and family stuff for the most part, and even some politics stuff I enjoyed reading and culture and whatnot. I just feel like all of it has shifted, and it's all become so negative. And, you know, it may bounce back, but I just don't need it to be a part of my life right now. And so no thanks (laughs) no thanks to twitter no thanks to facebook i just don't need it so yeah i took those off my phone and um if you've been doing similarly let me know. And um, if there are some podcasts you enjoy listening to, also let me know what they are because um, I'm collecting some different ideas for various podcasts that people enjoy listening to. And maybe I can share those on an upcoming show selfishly as much for myself as anybody else because I love podcasts and I find I'm always looking for new stuff to listen to and not even specifically Catholic. I love the Catholic stuff. So yeah, if you've got favorite Catholic shows, please do share those. But they don't have to be. I mean, I, I, I like shows from all different perspectives so um definitely send me your notes and and jenny if you're enjoying any other ones besides girlfriends thanks for listening to girlfriends but um let me know that too i would love to hear some feedback about some other shows that are worth checking out
1: hey danielle it's melissa in indiana um just calling with some feedback about the show um i know you said you um aren't really into essential oils, but I wondered if you had a diffuser and I don't know if that helps. Like if you were to use like a eucalyptus oil in a diffuser. And then my other tip for you was, have you ever tried when you go to bed, put Vicks Vapor Rub on your feet with socks and sleep that way and feel, if see if you feel better in the morning. So that's One tip I do for me and my kids, or excuse me, and my kids and I. And then the other one, when um, Katie was talking about coconut oil, and I actually put coconut oil in my coffee in the morning. And sometimes, yes, it looks gross if you've never tried that before. But I really think that when I have a sore throat, because coconut oil is an an anti-inflammatory, I think that coconut oil in coffee or tea helps the sore throat better than honey but that's just my own personal opinion. So um, podcast was great. Um, I hope all is well. We'll talk to you later. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Melissa. And um, that was some feedback that I got last week. And I forgot to share with you. But yeah, it was um, giving me some feedback on sinus care that I asked for. And I appreciate it. And sometimes these things sound crazy to me, like the whole Vicks vapor rub on your feet. But I have heard that one before. Um, and yeah, I hear about these essential oils that people really love and appreciate. Um, the eucalyptus, especially for, you know, when you're feeling sick or um, the peppermint. Um, so, you know what? maybe I'm going to check that out I don't know I'm still a skeptic but I'm glad you mentioned the coconut oil in coffee because I experimented with that recently um you know there was this big thing that went around like bulletproof coffee where you put coconut oil and or butter in your coffee and blend it in the blender and it makes it kind of creamy and smooth um so that I tried that out um well, I guess it was over Christmas time because, you know what, I actually, I made bulletproof coffees for me and for Dan on New Year's Eve when we went on that hike in the middle of the night. Well, it was early, early in the morning on New Year's Day. Um, and that powered us up the hill, man. Um, I don't know. I what, what intrigued me about it was people talking about using the MCT oils or the coconut oil in your coffee and that it would give you greater clarity, mental clarity and energy through your morning I did not experience that, but I didn't mind it. And, you know, as as a substitute for cream or something in your coffee, perhaps coconut oil is um, healthier for you. And I like coconut oil for a number of reasons, and I've been cooking with it more and more. So um, definitely, you know, if people are interested in that, they, they should check that out and let me know. If it improves your mental clarity, if it gives you more energy through your morning, if you start your day with that coconut oil in your coffee. Um, But yeah, maybe I'm going to start making more of a regular practice of that, especially as I'm still recovering from this horrible virus thing whatever it is or was hopefully was you know I think I'm just barely barely still getting over it but um, getting there so thank you Melissa and Melissa shared that with me on Voxer you too can share your thoughts and feelings with me on Voxer I would love to hear from you you know I love that voicemail Voxer is super easy and fun it's just an app that you download onto your phone and then it's almost like walkie talkie you can talk to each other and I'll instantly get your voicemail in, in an easy way that I can share on the podcast I'd love it if you gave me your feedback that way because I love having multiple voices on the podcast. This is Girlfriends, not girlfriend. I want your voice here too. And finally, I want to thank Alicia and Jenny, Jenny from the email, um, for being the newest Patreon supporters of the Girlfriends podcast. I so appreciate your support and your encouragement by pledging any dollar amount, as little as a dollar per episode. You too can be an important supporter and encourager of this podcast. It gives me such great personal affirmation every time somebody pledges because I'm like, yes, they do value this content. It's a great way for you to let your voice be heard and let me me know that you appreciate this and you want me to continue producing the Girlfriends podcast and a pledge of any dollar amount as little as a dollar per episode you can you can pledge at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends get all the details there for any dollar amount as little as a dollar per episode you will qualify for being part of our monthly video hangouts in whatever form that is going to take you know what, I want to give you an update on that on Girlfriends Live. um, I told you I was going to be looking at some different options. And my daughter Gabby was like, Google Hangouts still exists. It totally still exists. And she was right. I looked into it. And it's just the broadcast form of it that now is YouTube Live, which was not very functional for our purposes when I tried to use it last. So You can set up a Google Hangout and invite people individually, but you would need for them to have Gmail addresses, I think, or Google accounts, which I think most people do have Google accounts, but um, maybe I'm I'm just going to ask the people who are supporting on Patreon who would be invited to this, if that would be an obstacle for them, because that looked like a reasonable option for a way for us to connect. And these things are changing, like, really fast. So I'm trying to keep up and figure out what's the best way for us to connect. And really, what I want is to be able to share with others by video in a private situation, because I want it to be a special benefit for those who support girlfriends on Patreon, Um, but also have at least a chat feature, you know, and or other people can um, share by video. But even if they can't share by video, if I can be by video and audio, and they could share in a chat box, that would be great. And I know there are some webinar softwares out there. um, And there are different subscriptions, Um, they were just too pricey for Me right now. Um, Maybe I'll set a goal on Patreon of when I get to a certain level of support, I would switch to that because they look really easy to use and functional. I'm just not willing to make that commitment, financial commitment right now to have a subscription to, you know, a web hosting service or whatever. Um, But anyway, I want to thank you, Jenny and Alicia, who are the newest supporters of Girlfriends at Patreon. If you want to become a supporter of Girlfriends on Patreon, you can go to Patreon, P A T. R-E-O-N.com forward slash girlfriends. Get all the details there. Thank you so much. I appreciate your encouragement and your support so very much and I appreciate you being here. Your presence really is a gift to me. I'm not saying that to be cheesy, and I truly mean it, that when you show up, when you download, when you subscribe, when you leave me reviews on iTunes, it means the world to me, and I just love being able to connect with you in this way. So if you're enjoying this content, please share it. Let somebody know. Let somebody you know who might also enjoy it. You know, you can just text a friend, or you can leave an iTunes review. That's another way that you can help get the word out about Girl friends or you can share on social media if you haven't yet taken it all off your phone (laughs) but otherwise give me your feedback share with me at danielle at daniellebean.com i would love to hear from you thank you so much for being here for this episode and until next time i hope you enjoy your day and god bless your week girlfriends is a daniellebean.com production Know your worth. Find your joy.